Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Here the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Holy Fast for Advent, or the Christmas Fast, or the Nativity Fast, starts next Sunday, this coming Sunday. So I'm sharing that with you now so you prepare your mind and heart for the fast. Because the fast doesn't just happen. The fast is an actual deliberate intentional act. I'm fasting. This fast, we have to get ready for it from now. So I'm saying this now so the fast doesn't take you by surprise on Sunday. So you start thinking about it from now. I know this week is a festive week for many of us. You know, at least you get that break. But then know that Sunday is the day we all start fasting. Okay, there's no such a thing in the Orthodox Church as I'm going to start the fast a week later or two weeks later. Or I'm going to start, you know, a week before Christmas, before Nativity. This is nonsense. It's called a communal fast, which means that we all as one person fast together. So the church starts fasting on Sunday, therefore every Orthodox person has to, no choice, has to start fasting on Sunday with all of us. Also, one thing I noticed and I forgot to talk about in the past is that if somebody's not fasting a communal fast, if somebody's not fasting a fast of the church, he cannot or she cannot take communion. Let's say we're fasting the apostles fast and someone's not fasting. You cannot take communion. You cannot say, I'm going to start fasting today. You can't. You have to be fasting first in order for you to partake of the communion during that fast, during that season. So I just want you to start thinking about the fast from now so you take that fast very seriously. It is the second greatest fast in the church. The first being the Great Lent, the Great Fast. This is the second greatest fast in the church, the fast of the Great Advent. And most importantly, I want you to think about the things you want to fast about. Things like gossip, things like talking bad about people, things like about betrayal, things about slander. These are the things we need to fast about. That's the fast. This is a true fast. You can fast from sunrise, from the night, all the way until sunset. But if you're doing the same things you're doing, your fast is not acceptable. Read Isaiah 58. Chapter 58 in the book of Isaiah. And know what the fast is really about. You're going to find that most of us don't really fast. You're going to discover that most of us, our fasts are not accepted by God. So think about this now. So the fast Sunday starts and you're ready spiritually and mentally to, to be a vessel for God to work in and work through. The sermon for today is a continuation from last Sunday. As you know, last Sunday we talked for a bit about the sower and the seed, and we mainly focused on the power of the Word, that the Word of God has power. And we spent time talking about that. I'm not going to repeat that again. But today I want to talk about different things about the Word of God. As I told you also last Sunday, that the reason we're reading the sower and the seed two Sundays in a row, it is not because the church ran out of Gospels. It's because what happens next Sunday, the Advent fast. So the church is telling us we have to hear the written word first and do it 
in order to start receiving the word of God himself, the Logos. This is a concept in the church and that's why we're reading about the word working in us before we start the Advent fast during the months of Hatur. So the word of God we heard last week is powerful and live. It's not dead. And we heard that sharper than double-edged sword and the word of God is able to pierce the heart. Is able to pierce, like the gospel tells us, the epistle to the Hebrews, the division of the soul and the spirit. Nobody knows what that is. But the word of God is able to reach that. The word of God is able to reach that. The word of God, St. John Chrysostom tells us, we have it written in a book. We have it in a book that we read and try to remember it. St. John Chrysostom tells us that's not how God intended things to be. This is actually out of our weakness that we have a word written for us. St. John Chrysostom tells us that our hearts should have been the book. And the Holy Spirit should have been writing those words in our hearts. And St. John Chrysostom gave the examples of Noah. Noah did not have a written word. Abraham did not have a written word. And he goes on to say the apostles themselves, when they spent three years of Christ, with Christ, did not have a written word. It was the life of Christ passed unto them and they living it day by day, that was the word. That's why Christ told them, the Holy Spirit when He comes is going to do what? He's going to bring to your remembrance all things that I have said unto you. You don't need the word. The Holy Spirit will remind you of all the things that I said unto you. My peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. The point here for us now that we have the written word because of our weakness, we have to refer to it. At least what we can do is the word of God, memorize it. So many youth and adults, of course, do not memorize verses anymore. When you tell them, what's your go-to verse? Silence. What is your go-to psalm when you're down, when you feel like the world is against you? What do you do? Nothing. So the written word is not accessible. The written word of God is supposed to be accessible in those times. The word of God is live and active and able to comfort us and able to help us. And has power in itself. Just so you know the power of the word of God, it was the word of God that created the universe. God said, let there be so and so and it was. It was that same word. This is the same word that's written. And it can make us live again. It can help us in our troubles. It can give us comfort. God can speak to us through the Bible. Yes. So we have to be, we have to have the word of God ringing in our ears every day. We have to have a favorite psalm that we go to every day. We have to have a favorite verse. We have to have verses that we run to when we're tempted. Verses to run to when we're angry. Verses to run to when we feel betrayed and feel that people are conspiring against us and other things. We have to have the word of God to do just that for us. And it does. And able to fulfill the promise of God. The second thing I want to share with you, when we read the Bible daily, when we read the word of God daily, we cannot just read it haphazardly, as if I'm just reading through it and that's it. There is a common example that I heard growing up about the monk who tried to read the Word of God and then he didn't understand anything and then 
He went back to his father. His father told you, read it again. He still didn't understand it. He said, I'm not getting anything out of this. And then his father told him, bring one of the baskets that you, um, that you make. And he said, fill it with water. And then the water went through. Fill it again with water. The water went through. So he said, father, the basket is not holding any water. And, and the father told him, but look at the basket. It's a cleaner. So in one way, this is okay that the word of God, yes, purifies us. But we cannot go about our whole life not understanding anything. We can't. There's tools. Maybe that monk did not have the tool of the fathers or the tool of the servants or the tool of the priests or the tool of the church. We have resources to understand the word of God. If some of us are in school and they're going through an academic book and there's the physics problems or a biology issue that they're dealing with or reading, they have so many resources that they have to go and understand. They cannot let it go or else they're going to fail. We don't do that with the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. Sometimes I, I talk with some youth who are not Coptic, and I see their zeal about studying the Word of God. Christ said that, and he was thinking that, and how beautiful is this, and he said that. They didn't reference the fathers at all. But they're able to study the Word of God. Imagine that we have the fathers, and we have the resources that we can use to understand the Word of God. We have no excuse. The resources available to understand the Bible are immense. You just have to look. And it's not time consuming. It only takes 10-15 minutes at max. So we have to study the Word of God. We cannot just read it and go about life not understanding anything. And we have to memorize the Word of God. We have to have a favorite psalm. We have to have favorite verses that we go to in time of trouble. The second thing about the Word of God, we cannot be hearers. We have to be doers. If Christ tells me in the gospel reading that unless you forgive from all your heart, you will not be forgiven, you better believe him. Christ doesn't bluff. Christ doesn't just say things. He means what he says. You have to forgive from all your heart or else you're done. You're ruined. So when you hear Christ telling you this, don't just sit on it. Act. You leave the liturgy. Those that you think you have wronged them or those you think you're not at peace with them, call them. And say, I have sinned, forgive me. I'm sorry. Act on the word of God. Do not delay. When God moves you by his word to do something, if you owe someone an apology, or you have to fix something you did in the past, fix it. Don't say they forgot about it. We moved on. They get over it. Act on the word of God. Act on the word of God. If you hear the word of God says, those who curse and the liars and the cowardly will never inherit the kingdom of God. Say, today I better stop lying and I better stop cursing. You have to act on the Word of God. When you hear it, do it. And that's how you make the Word of God live in your life. May God grant us to live by His Word. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.